Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Mary. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Mary and Esther. Art on the air our way. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world. Welcome. You're listening to Art on the Air on WVLP 103.1 FM and Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM, our weekly program covering arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. I'm Larry Breckner of New Perspectives Photography, right alongside here with Esther Golden of The Nest in Michigan City. Aloha, everyone. We're your hosts for Art on the Air. Our theme music is by Billy Foster with a vocal by Renee Foster. Our underwriters for Art in the Air are regional art patron Mary LeVan, Walt Breidinger of Paragon Investments. Thank you for your generous support. Art on the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant through South Shore Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. Thanks to Greg Kovach, WVLP's station manager, and Tom Maloney, vice president of radio operations at Lakeshore Public Radio. Art in the Air streams live at WVLP.org and is rebroadcast on Monday at 5 p.m. Plus is also heard on Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM, every Sunday at 7 p.m., also streaming live at lakeshorepublicradio.org and is available on Lakeshore Public Radio's website as a podcast. Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Radio. Information about Art in the Air is available at our website, breck.com slash AOTA. That's breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com slash AOTA. That includes a complete show archive, spotlight interviews, plus our show is available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air, WVLP, for information about upcoming shows and interviews. If you're interested in being a guest or sending us information about your arts, arts-related event, exhibit, please email us at aota at breck.com. That's aota at breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com, or through our Facebook page. Art in the Air is always looking for financial support. We'd like to thank our current supporters. If you're looking to support Art in the Air, Esther and I especially would invite you to become an underwriter of this program in particular. We have information on our website at breck.com slash AOTA. You can find out support information there. So don't just be an Art on the Air listener. Become a supporter or underwriter in whatever amount you're able to do so so we continue to bring you great content and this great local programming. And like I say every week, don't give till it hurts. Give till it feels good. And you'll feel so good about supporting Art on the Air. And we'd like to welcome to Art on the Air Roy Kaizak. He's the uh, schoolhouse shop owner. Uh, it's nestled in the heart of Furnaceville, uh, part of the Indiana Dunes. It has an eclectic set of gifts, artisan food, stylish clothes, so much more. And this wonderful place dates back to 1886 when it was the former Porter County Schoolhouse. And now it's one of the finest shopping destinations in the Dunes area. Roy, welcome to Art in the Air Spotlight. Welcome. Thank you, Thank you so much. It's terrific to be here today on our little Zoom meeting here. Uh, yeah. Being that I'm about 70, this is all new to me, so... <laughs> This is. I'm just so happy that you're you're doing this. Everything that you two have accomplished and are involved in, it's just it's just wonderful. So, I know that the schoolhouse shop is going through some renovations and changes, and I, we would love to hear about them. Well, what what happens with us here at the schoolhouse shop? We're always closed in the month of February, and February is the time when we get into projects that we have to kind of tear a room apart. And we really can't do that while we're open. 
So uh, we ended up redoing the great room, which is the room that you come to in the shop to the right. That was all repainted and reorganized. And then kind of more importantly, we redid our checkout area, which isn't going to mean a whole lot to the public. But for us, it's a big change because it basically is our function center. So all our electronics and our computers and all our record keeping takes place there. And that was all looking pretty tired. So we got in there and did that. And then our seasonal room, which is the room that you, when you come into the stores, it's off to the left. That's our change, our room that changes from springtime to summer to fall. And of course, for Christmas and things like that, that was also redone too. So we got a lot of stuff done. We're, we're kind of really proud of it. A um, couple other things also. This is actually our 25th year. Uh, we purchased the store back in 19, uh, 1997. So um, it's kind of an interesting milestone for us. And um, the store has been a store since 1952. 52, 53 is when it first opened. So it's kind of a cool historic thing. Well, and it's just, it's beautiful. All the, you walk in and it's just so exciting um, in the shop and you are just fabulous. Real quick, Roy, before we get away, uh, tell us yeah. your shop is just not one shop. It's a multitude of shops. Tell us about what different shops are part of the schoolhouse shop. The actual term for a shop like ours is it's called a destination shop. And a lot of times, for example, if you go to a national park, you'll have a shop there that's kind of like the welcoming center. And we're kind of like that from a retail standpoint. We have a clothing area, which is called Dune Clothier. Uh, we have another shop, which we lease out to, uh, to Lake Effect Floral. Audrey Craig does that. And then we do the Magic Pantry, which is food items. We have greeting cards. We have seasonal areas, which would be, for example, like Christmas time or spring or summer. Now, of course, we're getting into St. Patrick's Day and Easter, and Easter. So it's a constant changing type of thing. When we started off, we were very heavily into antiques. Uh, henceforth, our official name, which was Beverly Shores Antique, Beverly, Sh I'm sorry, Schoolhouse Shop and Antiques. We don't do as much with antiques anymore. So that's kind of fallen by the side. And of course, do a little bit do more with clothing and things like that and household accessories. So it's kind of like kind of an event coming here. We have 12 separate rooms for you to tour. So in the summertime, uh, we do patio plate lunches outside. <laughs> um, there's also things happening um, with the trail. Do you want to? Yeah, there's a there's a kind of a lot of buzz right now going on here in, in Furnaceville. They are redoing the bike trail. Uh, this is part of, of a actually a national program, and each county works on this so that the whole thing can be connected into one significant trail that will, for us in the state of Indiana, lead all the way from the Illinois-Indiana state line all the way up to the Michigan state line. In fact, I just had a conversation this morning with uh, John Blackburn over in Beverly Shores. He's They're hosting the Beverly Shores section of the whole thing. And then, of course, the Porter County, uh, they call it the waste or the Rain, rainwater re reclamation thing. It's got kind of a, a name that's difficult to remember, but they're working on rerouting that trail 
from underneath the uh, NIPSCO power lines. If you're familiar with it at all, it sort of runs underneath the power lines through our area. They want to get it out from underneath that and put it more in an accessible manner. And uh, the power line route that was in there was very susceptible to flooding. They want to get it onto higher ground so that more people can enjoy it. So we're really excited about it. And it will actually go past us now and then go down to Kimmel Road and head north into Beverly Shores. Well, Roy, we're going to have to let you go there. Uh, that's a schoolhouse shop located in Furnaceville between 12 and 20. And uh, you can find it online at, on Facebook and everything. Thank you so much for being on Art in the Air Spotlight. Thanks for having Thank me you. on today. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. So let's listen to part two of Art in the Air's COVID-19 update special. We are fortunate to be able to revisit with several of the guests featured in last year's COVID-19 series from the beginning of the pandemic. Now we are checking back wondering how they have survived and hopefully thrived during this tragic historic time. So let's listen to part two of Art in the Air's COVID-19 update special. We'd like to welcome back to our special segment of Art in the Air about the pandemic update. Uh, a pair that have been with us before, Marvin Schaefer and Michelle Schaefer. Uh, Marvin is a goldsmith and sculptor with more than 30 years of experience doing many, many things. Uh, Michelle uh, works in metalsmithing, but also is a musician. But we want to talk to them about how this uh, pandemic has influenced them over this past year. Marvin and Michelle, welcome to Art in the Air uh, COVID update. Aloha, hey. both of you. Uh, hi, how are you? Hi, thank you so much for having us. Oh, yeah, it's so nice to be talking to you. So you were part of our first series almost a year ago, and so I was wondering if you would kind of talk about all the things that this past year have entailed for you, how it's changed the way you do business, how it's changed, what new pr perspective do you have? <clears throat> well, we spent a lot of time purging our studio space. <laughs> we were able to clean... We purged our house, our studio space. I was able to create new work, write. I have a new record that's going to come out. I learned how to turn myself into a choir in my little <laughs> studio. Um, so I have a bunch of music and songs that I wrote during this, this time. And so much of what we had to do for shows, scrambling to get our our website straightened out, get our wholesale website straightened out. Galleries were closed down, so we weren't shipping orders, but we were able to ship some orders. And now we're doing online online sales. Um, and also... Yeah, with just, individuals and with some of the stores that are starting to open. Marvin, that was a beautiful gift you did for Michelle, building her the recording studio in the house. I <laughs> Good mean, timing, yeah. What great timing, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm learning new skills. I can bus <laughs> effects, but um, of course I'm still working with Brian, and I did some things remote with him. But we we have gotten together in the studio. And he's mixed a lot of things that I've recorded at home. Um, and so I do have some singles coming out. I hope in March I'll start releasing. So Marvin, have you been working on any sculptures? Or I know you were really interested in doing the like one-of-a-kind sculpture last year, I think you were. Yeah, I, I actually did. Uh, an old customer of mine came and uh, ordered 
uh, a gold necklace, uh-huh. uh, which was pretty pretty hefty price, you know, uh, owing to the price of gold. <laughs> yes. And uh, and then he liked that so well that he ordered a ring and earrings, and then he liked that so well that he ordered a bracelet. Uh, just one customer. Wow. Uh, and it was it was pretty it was very intense it was really uh, uh, it was just uh, beautiful to to get back to uh, to working with fine materials like that uh, uh, the uh, you know the it's breath- also so wonderful when it's a past client as well yeah yeah I did their wedding rings oh that's beautiful they came back for his anniversary and and just continued on. And then I, I, I got some very unusual um, commissions. Uh, I don't know if I have them up on my website yet, but uh, uh, s- some woman out in uh, North Carolina uh, collects uh, sports cars, uh, Maserati, you know, Ferrari. Um, anyhow, she wanted uh, mobiles made of the cars. And so I made five of them, and they're about three to five feet, so they're pretty big. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, they're sheets of aluminum that is cut out and rendered, and then painted, hand, hand painted, uh, on both sides. Does huh? she have them now, or are you yeah. still working oh, yes. on them? Oh yes. One minute. And then her neighbor loved it so much that uh, she uh, commissioned me to do trucks. So I did a bunch of trucks, for <laughs> <laughs> the same sort of thing, you know, just um, painting them and uh, and realistically uh, uh, reproducing them. We saw the mobile that you did for Miriam Sky. It was very sweet. Oh, thank you. Well, real quickly, we have only about 30 seconds left. What have you missed uh, doing and what are you looking forward to doing? I missed one-on-one with customers, but I had, did not miss... All the show set up and the driving, <laughs> but I think really human contact and live live shows, live music. And you can reach us at q3art.com or info at q3art. Excellent. Well, we appreciate you coming on and sharing uh, briefly about uh, how the pandemic's affected you. That's Marvin and Michelle Schaefer, and uh, you can find out information by searching for them online. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. And we continue with our Art in the Air COVID-19 special with someone who's been with us before, Anne-Marie Marty. And of course, we know her for her Mighty Mirth character and her newest uh, reading, Mighty Mirth Goes to Moon. Welcome back to Art in the Air and our COVID-19 update. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me. And Mighty Mirth is thrilled to be here. Aloha, Anne-Marie. So tell us a little bit how COVID-19 over this past year has uh, affected you. You know, we've it's been almost a year since we talked to a lot of our artists and everything. So tell us what's happening with you and how it's uh, affected you negatively or positively. Well, you know, it's, I think it's challenging for all of us in, in similar and different ways. And I am so blessed because I always have mighty mirth to return to whenever I need to lift myself up. And uh, that kind of fits in, obviously, with Mighty Mirth's mission, Mirth being happiness and laughter and joy. So what came to me uh, fairly early on was uh, writing stories. And I always thought that it was going to be somebody else who wrote 
the Mighty Mirth story is basically for children. And I thought, I'm not a story writer. I don't know how to do that. And then all of a sudden, these stories started coming to me. And, and I solved that problem, which was really wonderful to solve. Who's going to write these stories? Well, guess what? Surprise, it was me. And I solved another problem, which was my demographic. And people are always asking me, well, what's your demographic? And I'd say, well, everyone. <laughs> and that doesn't satisfy people. You know, they don't want to hear that. That's like, you need to narrow it down. And so I finally figured out a way to narrow it down, which is the inner child and everyone. So the, the stories are written, you know, toward a child, but I feel like they're also appropriate for adults and adults do enjoy them and actually get a lot out of them. And, and they can open up a conversation between a child and an adult. So I, I really love that about the way the stories are evolving. So tell us how the COVID-19 has affected you, though, uh, uh, being in and just uh, negative or positive. Well, I think that for me, it's been mostly positive, oddly, because it's allowed me to focus on things that I have always wanted to do, like writing the stories, um, decluttering my basement, <laughs> which oddly gives me a great sense of peace. And uh, I really, the first story that came out, which I think I may have mentioned the last time I was here, was um, Escaping the Land of Oops. And because Mighty Merrick has this word, um, you know, is it an oops or an oopsitunity, which is like a kind of a play on words, uh, you know, with opportunity, you know, in, in oops, there's opportunity. So oopsitunity. And I really, um, you know, that concept has been was gifted to me by Mighty Merrick a long time ago. So I really went into the uh, shutdown and dealing with COVID and everything with that perspective. And I think that makes it. Uh, a lot easier, you know, to deal with the challenges and, uh, you know, not being able to see friends or hold a new baby and um, you know, all, all of those kinds of. So I know you've um, so much inspires you for new stories to Mighty Mirth. Do you do you feel like reading from your current one? Yeah, sure. I, I would love to read um, Mighty Mirth Goes to the Moon. And the title of that story came from a friend who said, you should write a story called Mighty Mirth Goes to the Moon. And I, I thought, I love that title, so let's try this. So this one um, just became kind of a spiritual journey, really. And so, yeah, I'd love to read it. Uh, so it starts out, and there's graphics with these. They're really, uh, well, I think, you know, they're very simple and charming and whimsical kind of graphics. And I am taking pictures of them so you can, you will be able to see them on my website and other places. Uh, so this one starts with Mighty Mirth saw a way for everyone on planet Earth to take a trip to planet Mirth. Planet Mirth, so that's the place of happiness and joy and laughter, is the most sought after destination yet discovered in the stars. It is the source of our joy, hap so joy happy Mirth heart. With the joy hap mirth heart hidden in our hearts or our back pocket, the best possibilities in life are possible. The very best free possibility is a trip to planet mirth, where everyone has a fair chance. Entering planet mirth requires a not-so-secret password and a quiet miracle of the heart that money cannot buy, a heart of kindness and love. Your password to planet mirth 
is your heart of kindness and love. Travelers to planet Mirth must learn this pathway. Though the steps are simple, growing kindness and love requires practice. There's four simple steps. One, feel love for a beloved. Two, expand love to someone or something unloved by you. Bonus, choose something not loved at all. Three, encircle both beloved and unloved with love. So it goes on, but that's basically uh, the story. And uh, that's how you get a free ticket to Planet Mirth. And where can everybody find you? Mighty Mirth, M-I-R-T-H dot com. And Facebook, Instagram, and your heart. Well, we thank you come for your update, uh, Anne-Marie Marty, Mighty Mirth, and sharing her newest uh, work on a trip to the moon. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Thank you. And next in our COVID-19 special, we're going to be interviewing artist Jesse Johnson, and he's going to tell us about how the impact of this uh, is going. Jesse, welcome to Art in the Air on our special edition. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Welcome, Jesse. So, so can you tell us about sort of the full spectrum of what the last year has been like for you? Well, um, last year, is, it's been a struggle, uh, most definitely, but I still have uh, prevailed, I would say. I've still been able to do uh, online exhibitions and joining these different opportunities to exhibit my work. Um, I had an opportunity to have my uh, work international and national uh, in different areas by joining these pages and uh, exhibiting my work through their online submissions. Uh, I just recently uh, did a submission and I just got the email today about the SIP House in Crown Point where I have three pieces. Um, sometime this week, I'll uh, be trying to get with uh, Kelly probably tomorrow to drop it off. Um, so COVID, it, it's kind of been a struggle, but there's other ways around it. Uh, if you know what I mean. I mean, well, no, I'm not selling any work yet because I guess it's hard for people to really get out there and make purchases on particular items uh, when you have to survive off of uh, paying your bills and food and other things and necessities is uh, way more important than me selling a piece of art. So um, it's funny, I got called yesterday from a school in Crown Point. I don't know what I did with the paperwork, but the lady is supposed to email me. It's a private school, and she wanted to come out to the gallery, and I told her we're, like, online now, and but we do bring artwork to your facility, uh, provided you have this, a safe space that we can pro provide art, and people can ask questions and look at it that way. So uh, we set up for something uh, at the end of uh, April, April the 30th. So I'm still moving. I'm still being able to process um, while in school, trying to finish this uh, master's degree and get it conferred. Yeah, you're almost there. I think you're only what, two credits away from uh, finishing that. Yes, yes. So uh, I have this cinema photography class where I actually learned how to write my first script. Now I have like three or four written scripts and we're actually filming it. We're going to film one today. Um, but we actually filmed the first script was a one pager. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember um, uh, Abbott and Costello. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, they did the who's on first, what's on second. So I rewrote that script into a furniture script. 
And so the furniture places, I don't know. And the delivery guys are what and who. And uh, <laughs> the girl comes in class talking about she's excited. She's getting her new furniture uh, for her dorm. And her friend says, well, what's the name of the furniture place? And she says, I don't know. And then she says, what do you mean you don't know? She says, I know you don't know. It's, it's I don't know. You know, and so on and so on and so on. So it's, it's just, isn't it amazing how this snafu in the credits has led you, it's helping your dreams come true and you're able to realize all these things that you had wanted to do are now possible. It's so exciting. And that's, that's what's amazing about life, right? Um, you might have a struggle growing up. You might have been through a lot of things that people don't even recognize or could see. And then all of a sudden things get turned around. Um, in a mighty, mighty great way. I mean, I have three books published now. Uh, oh, I have a, um, a fashion design clothing line. Um, Jesse, uh, Johnson dot Ken custom dot com. K I N, you know, uh, and Jesse is J E S S C. Or you can go to Fox, um, bestfox.org, B E S S Fox, F O X dot org. And you can see my books, my clothing line. All of these things are made by my art. Uh, shower curtains, pillowcases, all that. That's what my art on it. Uh, are you still in partnership with uh, Georgia? Yeah, that's why it's called bestfox.org. Got it. Uh, I still have best uh, art exposure. And Georgia still have her separate thing. But me and Georgia came together. Uh, to create the best of Fox Gallery. And eventually, hopefully after all of this COVID uh, stuff is over, if we can build up the donations. Like I said, I wanted to get a building where uh, as long as we own it and we're non-for-profit, we wouldn't have to pay taxes. Uh, The only thing else would be just to pay the gas, water, and light, you know. I know that that, that she got out of the gallery at uh, Lake Station, so she no longer has that uh, location. Right, right. And so that's why we're doing everything online. And well, basically, we're just trying to sum it all up. Yeah. Could you let our could you let everybody know how they can find your links and things of how they can find you and your work? Again, uh, bestfox.org, B-E-S-S-F-O-X dot org. And I'm also doing a casting call for some of the scripts I wrote. Uh, It's no money involved, but uh, when I grow, you grow. Well, we appreciate you sharing that on our uh, Art in the Air COVID-19 update. Jesse Johnson, artist and, well, entrepreneur in general. Thanks for sharing your... uh, Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Thank you. You guys have a good one. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. And our next uh, guest for the... Art in the Air special segment on COVID-19. Uh, Krista Bermeo, an artist, and we welcome you back to this segment to tell us about how this past year has been and how the pandemic has treated you. Welcome, Krista. Well, thank you. Thank you yeah. both, Esther and Larry. It's a pleasure to be here and to, and to be back. So can you tell us about the ups and downs of the past year and kind of give us a play-by-play? Well, I do uh, wholesale jewelry, mostly for boutiques and uh, galleries and museum stores. And Typically, I would do a trade show in January, February, and then August, uh, July and August. Um, I came back from the trade shows last year in March, ready, ready to go. And that's about the time I believe you guys interviewed me and COVID was starting to really hit. Um, so museum stores closed down. Um, so I had, you know, all these 
orders, but we at, who and they still wanted them. They just didn't know when. So all of a sudden, uh, you know, we all are finding ourselves with this huge chunk of time, but work, which may or may not be needed. So, you know, what do you do? And I know that when, when you uh, interviewed me last year, I do, when I look back and, and think about what I said, I just feel like we were all so naive. And who would have ever thought that, you know, at this point, we'd have 500,000 people who have passed because of this. It's 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 still unbelievable and hard to, to wrap your head around. Um, yeah, completely. March, right after you had interviewed me, I uh, lost one of my best mentors and greatest advocates for my studio. She was actually 10 years younger than me as well. Um, so that's, it, it really, a- after I was talking about how I was already isolated and, and how I had so much more time to work on my own personal projects, um, you know, elation, elation. I never have this type of, of space and time to work on my own things. I believe it was almost a week to two weeks later that she passed away. And then it just became more family members and more friends. And um, so it feels like the whole year w- was that attending memorials via Zoom or speaking at funerals. Um, meanwhile, things are looking up. I'm actually getting my first COVID shot today. Um, Yay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I never thought I'd be so excited to get a vaccine. I am. And I'm also working on a really important collection near and dear to my heart. I was part of the protests in here in downtown Indianapolis last summer over um, uh, George Floyd and, uh, you know, helping to, to be an ally to the, the BLM movement. And the day after, I collected lots of bits of glass from the broken windows, and I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I talked to some of the merchants, and they agreed that I I should have it as an artist, a glass artist, and that eventually something would happen. Fast forward, the Speed Museum down in Louisville, Kentucky, is having a a special exhibit for Breonna Taylor, and they have uh, purchased a collection of my work to go alongside uh, this exhibition in the store to help um, just be a part of it. And I have to tell you, it's pretty heavy for me to see that, that 360. Um, I'm just so proud and honored to be a part of that. And because it just speaks to, uh, well, so much. I, wow, I could go on and on about that. So there's a lot of the, the broken glass pieces will be going to Kentucky. They have been made, I have made and created them into uh, earrings, different earrings and necklaces so that you can um, wear a part of hopefully a history that will be a much larger and bigger and a movement that's gained more momentum. And um, a portion of all of that, I, I decided before I even knew what I was doing, a portion would go to the bail project. So I've donated. Um, money towards that that effect as well what have you missed doing during uh, COVID-19 um I've missed the trade shows the FaceTime with my clients uh seeing the galleries um meeting new people that might be interested in my work uh collaborations with museum exhibits it's starting to pick back up but I, I never realized how much I really 
depend on that community of artists and uh, buyers and uh, gallery owners. And we all have such a synergy together. And that's how I come up with a lot of my ideas is, you know, just being able to balance it off other people. And uh, I'm not nearly as much of a loner as I had always thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people are realizing that isolation has taken on a really different meaning now. Well, before we uh, give you a chance to wrap up, let's uh, get your website in so people can find out your jewelry work. What is that? Absolutely. It's KristaBermeoStudio.com. Krista is K-R-I-S-T-A. Bermeo is B as in boy, E-R-M as in Mary, E-O.com. Very good. Well, thank you for sharing your story about the pandemic with our audience on Art in the Air special. Uh, Krista Bermeo, jewelry designer extraordinaire. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank you so much, Krista. Thank you. Thank you both so much. I really appreciate it. We continue our conversation with uh, writer and artist Robert Wolf, who's got many, many books and about his journey through the COVID pandemic uh, going on right now. Welcome to Art in the Air, our special edition. Thank you, Larry. Hi, Esther. Thank you. Aloha, Robert. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. So this has been quite a year, and we would love to hear what your journey through it has been you know, ups and downs and all arounds. Sure. Uh, for the, I'd say for the first nine, maybe 10 months, it was a very positive period for my work. I was able to really focus on writing and painting and uh, studying. Um, very fruitful. But then as time wore on, especially in the last two months, I'm just now regaining. I mean, but for a while I uh, got very lethargic and, uh, it was difficult to make myself work. Some days I just have to, had to say, I'm just going to take a break and not work and not whip myself on account of that. So you have a household of two very creative artists in that. So now that, um, now that you're both needing to be creative in that one space, have you, have you had the opportunity to do that? You know, Bonnie, especially how have you, what has your year been like? <laughs> she did a lot of painting for the first, probably for the first Well, I did months. a short series for a couple of months, and I lost my studio downtown, so I have a very tiny space and lots of stuff in it. So it's I'm literally painting within about a three-foot square with all kinds of junk all around me. And uh, But I do love to cook, and so we've been eating very well. I know. you. I know. It must be magnificent what's coming out of the kitchen. I don't know, but yeah, it's excellent. Yes, I mean, I've always, I always cook dinner every night, almost every night. I mean, that's just what we do and sit down to dinner. But um, uh, I miss, as everyone does, we are such social animals. I miss my very good friends of like getting together and having a glass of wine and and sharing, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, that's one of my favorite things in the world to do. And so that's been hard. And winter has made it harder because you can't get out really and get right. together with people. Yeah, for the I'd say for the first, well, three days ago, we went out and had dined out for the first time in 14 months because we've been really careful. I've had two no, COVID shots. Careful. Yeah, and Bonnie's had one COVID shot. Uh, yeah, I miss, I miss, uh, there are very few writers and artists around here that I, I know anyway, but I miss their, their company. I uh, miss discussion with them. That's that's a big thing. I know. I missed both of your visits to our area so much. It's like left a big a big gap. Right. We love to come down there and see our dear friends there. We really love 
you know, you and Bob Swan and Chuck Osgood and we miss you guys so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah we miss you. It really is an important part of our life. I and mean, you got a very creative area up there. A lot of creative people. Very much. So yeah. what are you looking forward to doing uh, uh, now when uh, this is all over that you haven't? You talked a little bit about it, but tell us what you're looking forward to. Well, besides continuing work, I want to travel. Um, and I want to go out west again and see the big skies and, and see friends. I know Bonnie wants to go out west, too. But I, 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 for myself, I need to do some solo traveling like I used to do for years on and off across the, the country. You're going to go out to California, aren't you, see your friend, maybe? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I so, do take a trip and visit, just visit friends. You know. I know. That will be so, that'll be amazing when we're able to do that. So, Bob, have you started, have you been writing yes. recently? Yes, I have been writing. Um I'm finishing a prose poem that uh, this is year number 33 and it's finally finished. So now I'm, now I'm illustrating it. Um, I'm also working on a, writing a book. It's, um, it's going to have a very small audience. It's about the ideas and the techniques that Western man adopted over the centuries that led us to the present mess. Ah. I'm looking for crucial turning points in Western. What, what are the ideas that we adopted that did us harm? What are the techniques which are now multiplying like crazy, that have, uh, have pushed humans from the center of society out into the periphery. So, Bonnie, are you, Bob mentioned the illustrations. Are you going to be illustrating the books? Oh, he is, and they're beautiful. Ooh. He's doing drawings, and uh, he only asks me to to uh, take pictures of them for him. Well, and, <laughs> and, and, and critique them. Yeah, yes. It's always good to have an in-house editor, right? Yes. Yeah, she is. Yes. He would say, when he wanted a, a lino cut, he'd go, well, I need this. I need that. I need it by by yesterday. I need it tomorrow. And I'd go, oh, I just that's all I do is all this stuff for your books. You she know? complains, but she loves it. Yeah, I do. Uh, well, well, I actually, I do enjoy that. Yeah. And, Gorgeous. Real quick, give us your website and how to get in, in touch with you. Right. Uh, two websites, Robert Wolf, W-O-L-F, Robert Wolf. TheWriter.org and FreeRiverPress.org and BonnieColock.com. Okay, well, you mentioned it. That's the other voice you heard. Thanks for being on the special uh, COVID 19 uh, follow up segment on Art in the Air. Thanks again. Thank Love you. you both. Thank you. Love you, Esther. Thank, Thank you. you. Next in our continuing interviews with uh, COVID-19 pandemic and how it's affecting artists, we have Ron Chup from Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. He's a printmaker and does landscapes and everything, and we're going to visit with him now. Welcome to our show, Art on the Air. Aloha. He's Ron is talented in many different media, I think. So, Ron, can you sort of talk us through what the last year has been? I know you had a gallery in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, and... So kind of walk us through your, your year. Well, uh, we made it through pretty much. Uh, the gallery I've had to close. I had, uh, for a while, I had, uh, well, it was nice weather backs and stuff outside out front here. And actually, that worked out pretty well. I think people uh, see, most people see my art than would normally would have because not everybody comes into the gallery. Taking it outdoors. So I did pretty well out there. Yeah, I, I did. A, I illustrated a cookbook over the over the winter. So I've been, I've been keeping pretty busy, you know. Uh, actually, uh, 
working in the gallery or working in the studio and producing stuff. What have you been working on? What what has been your uh, kind of the style of what you're working uh, on? I've got a couple paintings uh, going, and I did some really small work, uh, five-inch uh, kind of drip painting, monotype with a little watercolor and pen and ink I added. And uh, I did maybe five or six of those, and I got those all framed and stuff. And uh, I don't know, just <laughs> and, I, and I've got two paintings going on. Then I did a lot of uh, handyman work around the house. and. Uh, well, that was really artistic handyman work, though. But have you, um, when was the last Macy's Day Parade edition that you had? Have you been doing those? Um, I haven't done one for a while. I have a little painting, just a small painting that I was doing, kind of uh, to clean out my brushes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that's coming along pretty well, actually. Nothing, nothing for 2020, yeah, because there wasn't a parade. Yeah, I know there wasn't. So, um, this current, the current paintings are they oil or acrylic? Oil, oil, oil. Yeah, oil. It's been a while. Are you still doing acrylic? I know they're very different from oils. It's, it's a. You have to think. You almost have to work in them in an opposite direction. Oils, oils, you work in very differently than from acrylic. What about pastel? Are you still doing pastels? Yeah, I've been working. Uh, I haven't done any for a while, but they're out for a while that I, I kind of put them on get back up one of these days, I guess. Um, I've been doing uh, lithograph. I did a lot of lithograph over, over the week until the gallery closed because I was selling So I did a lot of uh, greeting cards and that kind of Do you still have those available, the greeting cards? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of gyms stuff, you know, downtown scenes and the downtown uh, area here is uh, real historic, you know, uh, really old buildings and stuff. So it's kind of quaint. They got a bell tower and things, but that kind of stuff sells well with a lot of tourists. Right. That's what I was thinking. Like if they and, had uh, a, a museum or something that the cards could be there. <laughs> uh, I had them in a, a bookshop for a while. I, I just mostly at the gallery here. Now, not too many places around town, but it is a touristy town. There's a, a train uh, ride here that they have a, a coal-fired train, a steam train that runs and gives rides. And we have white water rafting, lots of different things going on. This year has been kind of subdued because of uh, all the restrictions. So during the summer, um, so do you still have the gallery over the summer? Will you be able to set up work again outside? Oh, yeah, I'm planning uh I might even this weekend put a pair of long underwear on <laughs> and and try it, you know, because uh, there, there's a lot of people come from Philly and uh, New York and uh, Jersey area. This uh, town is a lot of B&Bs and stuff. So real quick, uh, Ron, how can people find you uh, if they're looking for you online or, or just stop by? Uh, well, how would they get in touch with you? Uh, they can find me. Well, I'm on Black Diamond Gallery is my gallery. And they can uh, uh, find information on the Jim Thorpe website. Um, I'm a member of the Chamber of Commerce here, so uh, there's information on that on their website. Okay, and just Google you. Well, we appreciate you coming on Art in the Air. That's Ron Shup uh, from uh, Jim Thorpe, uh, Pennsylvania. Thanks so much for being on our special segment of Art on the Air. Thank you, Ron. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. 
We continue with this special Art in the Air segment uh, about COVID-19 with Joe Rowan. He uh, makes musical instruments and plays them, and they're from different types of found I- items and things like that. Joe, welcome to our special segment. Thanks so much for having me. Welcome, Joe. Thank you. So, boy, it's been one incredible year. Can you take us through what the last year has been like for you? When we, when we spoke in May, I was just finishing up a year-long grant project from the Indiana Arts Commission. Uh, I was at the tail end of that project. So I had kind of planned on spending a year a little more reclusive than I ordinarily do with a big project. Um, and after we, after we spoke, I did play, uh, I think, four, maybe four performances with that instrument that I was building. Um, we, we stuck into a nice little window there where a lot of things had closed down for performances. And there was a, a space in the, in the summer where there's a little bit of a rebound in terms of, of places being able to do shows either outside or with limited, um, you know, numbers of patrons. So I played in, uh, in Miller Beach at the Marshall J. Gardner Center, at the Art Barn in Valparaiso. And um, let's see, I did a virtual performance for the LaPorte County Public Library. So all of those things luckily were able to go on, um, you know, with some delay, but ultimately did come to fruition. So that's a, that's a win. Yeah, no, that's excellent, actually. So was the new instrument you played, or do you play multi, multi instruments? I played, multi- I played multiple instruments, but the thing that I made being kind of the, the showcase piece. Yeah. And, and in, some, in some cases, able to say, here's some things that I made on my own. Here's what this grant enabled me to do with more, with more time and resources. Were you going to apply for so, a grant again? Um, I think... You're not eligible the, the next year or the year after, and then and then by default, I wouldn't be eligible the year after that because it wouldn't be my category. You know, they alternate between the like the visual and performing arts. Right. So in in the meantime, I'm trying to think of some other people to squeeze for money besides the fine folks at the <laughs> IAC. So have there been any projections of? So are you making something right now in your shop? I mean, is it a constant stream of making instruments or? Yeah, I've I've always had kind of a, a working practice of, of doing multiple things because often um, I'm I'm either waiting for the right part or or you know like you clamp something together and while the glue is drying then then there's 48 hours that are going by where I have nothing to do so I've just been in the habit of of having I don't know three or four things going at once that way uh, you know something can be getting clamped and then I can work on something else or something can have paint dry. Or I can wait to get just the, you know, sometimes I'm waiting for just the right cane or just the right hockey stick or, uh, or, or I haven't, I sometimes will just say to myself, leave it alone for, I don't know, a week and see if something really special changes your mind about what it could be. And so uh, it helps to have something else going while those are, while those little periods of wait are happening. So do you get care packages from friends with different items they think might work for you? <laughs> I don't I don't get care packages but there used to be a phenomenon where if I if I carried two of my projects with me someone would give me a thing for the third. This wow. this happened more often than chance I think would allow. So what have you missed uh, during the this pandemic doing? I'm someone who really likes to to take the temperature of an audience and try and do something for them. I've been a, I've been a performer a long time and I I think I have a very strong sense of how the room is doing especially as a as a solo act when it comes to this thing that I do where I can I can really turn on a dime more so than a band could 
so I really miss that feeling of of looking out and judging by people's body language. Are they ready to be pushed? Do they need to be convinced a little more? Are these folks who who are willing to to let me go out into left field and run as far as I can? That's a hard thing to do over Zoom. That's true. And have you been doing Zoom concerts or Zoom events? I've done a little bit of Zoom stuff. Um, Micah Bornstein at South Shore Arts was was nice enough to to do a little thing with me in January uh, where I could play and, and also field questions. That was really nice. What are you looking forward to now? You know, be performing. We talked a little bit about that. And also any future instruments that uh, you're looking to design? Um, I'd really like to make something with a, with a bicycle wheel. People have strong, uh, you know, bicyclists have a, have a real strong attachment to bike stuff. And so I'd really like to do something with a bike wheel. Cause I know there's a lot of people who would like that. And, uh, and just looking forward to a time when I can see people's faces and, and be with them again in a space when it's safe enough to do so. How's that personally affected you though? I mean, in terms of your, your own, your own feeling about being cooped up or things like that, uh, How's that really affected you? I'll, I'll tell you, I think it could be a lot worse. Um, you know, the, the next virus that comes through, um, <laughs> you know, um, imagine imagine this as Ebola or something like that. I, I think uh, our imagination has been maybe a, a little too limited with how bad it could be. So this is probably good practice for, for when something, uh, you know, even more devastating rolls through. Well, real quick, tell us how people can find you like on the web, social media and things like that. Uh, JoeRowan.com is always a safe place. And also I have a presence on YouTube and Instagram that I post a lot of stuff there about uh, things in process and finished products. Well, that's great. That's Joe Rowan, a uh, musician and actually makes his own instruments. You can see him at those various locations. And thanks for sharing your story about how the pandemic has treated you. Thanks so much. Aloha, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. And next on Art in the Air, our special COVID-19 update, we have uh, Stan Klein, who is his own little artist and does these wonderful album-like covers and many, many other things. Welcome to our special edition of Art in the Air, Stan. Aloha, Stan. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Great to so, hear both of you. So, Stan, um, I would love to hear both perspectives from you on what this last year's journey has been for you, both as an artist and as a gallery owner. What? Uh, how the... It's been an adjustment, uh, and it's really, you know, also affected by how other people are dealing with it, too. So um, normally I'm a a person who stays at home and I do my work and all of that, and then I go to the gallery and do work there. And it's a fairly solitary uh, existence, so it's not that factor in the... Uh, pandemic hasn't been so much of a problem. It's just knowing that you're not going to see people, you know. And um, so as far as the gallery goes, we were doing well. We were doing uh, appointment only. And um, at one point, I had to sort of adjust because the landlord got panicked by the economic situation and everything else. And he sort of forced me to move the gallery. And so I moved the gallery in August to a building that I owned previously. And in that building was a frame shop that I had started in 1978. And I had sold it to my business partner in 98. And he's been running it ever since. And we're good friends. And he went through a situation where his uh, spouse passed away in June from COVID and from kind of an ongoing illness. And then COVID just sort of 
punctuated it, and uh, and uh, it was horrible. I mean, they were married forty years, and uh, so uh, he was like, "Why don't you just move the gallery here?" And so I moved the gallery there, and I used the front showroom for artwork and for shows and exhibitions. And he's great with it, and it's actually been a pleasant marriage of two businesses because the people that come into his frame shop, uh, they're collectors, they're dealers, they're all sorts of people in the art, and they're there to get their own framing done. But in the meantime, they have a, they're in the middle of a exhibition then too, and they get to look at all of that, and uh, so that's been a pleasant thing for his customers and for me it's um it's a homecoming yeah it's a homecoming it's a building that i'm really familiar with and it's a nice old building and good size showroom and uh it it's a benefit for everyone and then i don't have to be there you know five or six days a week sitting in a gallery there people are there to answer the door and i don't have to be there and uh so that's been a benefit for me as well. And so I've been home more doing artwork and a little less, you know, uh, exposed to whatever things are out there because I do have some, you know, uh, things that would compromise me. And so uh, I started doing the album covers and uh, making the albums. They actually have a record in them. And I made the record bins and uh, they're wall mounted bins. And, uh, and now I'm doing fake books, and I have bookshelves that I'll be putting up and all that. And that's all uh, this, this show is going to be where? I know you're preparing for a show. It's in upstate New York, and uh, it's going to be some, the next summer, not this summer, because they got kind of clogged up with all their cancellations. And I just said, fine, I'll just do it next summer. Of and course. so that gives me more time. And... Uh, and it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. It's my daughter makes music and she had an album come out and we've talked about it together. It's kind of like you're making work in an echo chamber. It's like <laughs> there's not a lot of in-person response. You're just sort of making the work. And every so often you hear a voice come back going, I really like that. But, you know, in, in the meantime, you're just sort of sending this stuff out there and making it for yourself but it's you get enough of a response to know that it's there and uh it's been and i was saying the other day that you know i I donated a few of the record albums to different charities and some guy bought one of them and he ended up buying an old piece of mine and now he's commissioned me to make other work so it's like I've been busy doing work and getting some positive response. I think that's the hardest thing for people right now is I know a lot of musicians, a lot of actors and you know playwrights and all that stuff. They're making the work. It's just they really value the input back. No that's eyes been, on anything. No eyes or ears. Yeah, you know, and so you have to have that inner confidence that, yeah, this is the thing. This is going to work. And luckily, I have enough people who you know, give me critical responses back to help me know I'm not wandered off the pier, you know. And uh, so that's the hardest, I think, for people to adjust to is knowing, am I on the right track? Stan, real quick, can you give us your uh, website information? We have to wrap up right now. 
Okay. Uh, the best would be um, to go to Firecat Project. There's a web page there. It's .org. And then um, you can also go on Facebook, Firecat Projects, or me. And uh, I usually write something and post things. So that would be the easiest. Okay. That's Stan Klein. Uh, has a gallery in Chicago. And uh, also had the John Nagy exhibit uh, last year. Thank you so much for being our special Art in the Air segment. Sure. No Thank problem. You, Thank you very much. We hope you both enjoyed and found informative our Art in the Air special covering COVID-19 pandemic and how it's impacted artists over this past year, both locally and from all over. And we hope you continue to listen to Art in the Air as we bring you other great programs, both here on WVLP and Lakeshore Public Radio. And remember, if you've missed uh, hearing us on the air, you can always hear us on our podcast locations, both on breck.com slash AOTA or at Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. Thank you. You've been listening to Art in the Air, and we'd like to thank our guests this week. Art in the Air is heard every Friday at 11 a.m. and rebroadcast Monday at 5 p.m. on WVLP and Sunday at 7 p.m. on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. Thanks again to Greg Kovach, WVLP Station Manager, and Tom Maloney, Vice President of Radio Operations for Lakeshore Public Radio. Underwriters for Art in the Air are Walt Breidinger of Paragon Investments and Mary Levan, Arts Patron. Art in the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant and the National Endowment for the Arts. If you're interested in being a guest or send us information about your arts, arts-related event, or exhibit, please email us at aota at breck.com. That's aota at breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com, or contact us through our Facebook page. Your hosts were Larry Breckner and Esther Golden, and we invite you back next week for another episode of Art on the Air. Aloha, everyone. Have a splendid week. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Larry. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Larry and Esther. Art on the air our way. Express yourself Show the world your heart, express yourself to art, and show the world your heart, express yourself to art, and show the world.